welcome to my mommy's podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Nutrition Genome. This is the most comprehensive genetic analysis on the market. They cover 85 plus clinically relevant genes across all of the major biochemical pathways. And what that means is they're testing all the important things that can actually make an epigenetic difference for you. The test also includes a 50 plus page report that really goes in depth and gives feedback on your personal gene function and how to enhance your own gene expression. The analysis also provides foods that are best to emphasize and minimize, talks about toxins you're more likely to be sensitive to, your genetic stress response, and even recommended blood work to optimize your genetic blueprint for long-lasting health and longevity. This testing doesn't have the privacy concerns that some of the other popular genetic tests have, and we just did this with all of our children. The results have been really helpful for customizing their diets and supplements, and basically for our whole family. I kind of took everybody's results and find, found the common denominators of food, and we start there now with our shopping list each week. You can check it out and learn more and get the test at wellnessmama.com forward slash go forward slash nutrition dash genome. That will also be in the podcast show notes at wellnessmama.fm for this episode. But one more time, that's wellnessmama.com forward slash go forward slash nutrition dash genome, G-E-N-O-M-E. This podcast is brought to you by Plant Therapy. I'm often asked where I get my essential oils, and Plant Therapy is my go-to place these days. They offer many certified organic essential oils, including many kid-safe blends at really affordable prices. I also love that they offer bigger sizes of many oils, so I can order our favorites in 100 milliliter bottles, and they last longer, and then I throw fewer bottles in the recycling each month. Many of you also know that not all essential oils are safe to use on babies and small children, and that certain dilution ratios should always be followed. Plant Therapy takes the research and guesswork out of this, since they work with Robert Tisserand, who is the author of Essential Oil Safety, to make sure that all of their kid-safe oils are truly safe for kids. They are offering a 10% discount to Wellness Mama listeners, and you can grab the discount by using the code WELLNESS10, all one word, WELLNESS10, at wellnessmama.com forward slash go forward slash PT. That's wellnessmama.com forward slash go forward slash PT for plant therapy. Hello and welcome to the Healthy Moms Podcast. I'm Katie from wellnessmama.com and I am here today with Vanessa Godin, who is a board certified family nurse practitioner and expert in women's health and wellness at Health Gains in Miami, Florida. She is now engaging in the realms of male and female sexual health and well-being using regenerative and functional and anti-aging medicine. Um, we're going to talk about some of the really cool treatments that she's working with um, in this episode, she works with patients in a collaborative manner to really empower them to take an active role in their own health care, and she has led a study on FemiWave, which is a safe and minimally invasive procedure for women to restore vaginal sensitivity and lubrication, especially after childbirth. So we're going to go into all of that today, just um, fair warning. We are going to be touching on sexual health topics, so if you're listening with children and you don't want to um, have to explain a lot, this may not be an episode to listen to with your kids. But Vanessa, welcome, and thanks for being here. Oh, thank you, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. I think this is going to be a super helpful episode, and I love um, I love this technology. It's something I've been researching lately. I found out about it through my friend Ben Greenfield, and I feel like it has so many applications and can help so many people. So I want to start broad, and then we'll dial down. Um, but to start with, talk us about like talk us through what is platelet-rich plasma therapy because people may have heard it or have a passing understanding, but not really know what it is. Right, absolutely. Um, it is something that's been talked about a lot recently, and basically, it's um, it's actually a very simple um, procedure or uh, therapy. Platelet-rich plasma is pretty much your own blood. I mean, I'm going to say it very um, basic, very layman's terms. Try to not use too much medical nomenclature, but uh, it'll be very brief. 
PRP, platelet-rich plasma, is an autologous product derived from your own whole blood. And what's done is that it's processed through a centrifuge. And what that is, is separating the red blood cells from the platelets and the plasma. Once that's completed, um, it actually is taken and placed back into your body, just the plasma, just the platelets. And with that being completed, um, you're actually able to help promote the natural process of wound healing, soft tissue reconstruction, and what, what it's really um, well known for, for is bone reconstruction and augmentation. So it's, I would say, less than a 30-minute treatment, 30-minute procedure, and well-known and well-used in sexual health and in general health overall. Yeah, it's really cool to see a lot of the advances that are coming up related to this. And another word I've heard tossed around is prolotherapy. So what's the difference or is there a difference between PRP and prolotherapy? Let's just say prolotherapy was the one that started before PRP. And the reason why I say that it's because uh, prolotherapy is, uh, the other name is proliferative therapy, and it was used mainly in orthopedic medicine. And the reason why is because it actually contains a hypertonic uh, dextrose injection, which is about 15 to 25% dextrose. And so therefore, when you place something like that into the body, it actually is very irritating and it's painful. So it was actually used mainly in orthopedic medicine uh, to have found great response um, in tissues and in joint areas, but the thing is it's very painful. So from that, they actually took studies and started realizing, you know what, it can probably be applied um, in a more, how can we say, in a more uh, delicate manner by using PRP. So it's, it's, I would say it's, the, it's one of the four founders of uh, this type of ther- therapy that we're doing now. That makes sense. And another um, term I've heard tossed around related to these therapies is stem cell therapy. So is there a difference there versus just platelet-rich plasma therapy? Oh, yeah, absolutely. There is. The biggest difference is how invasive the stem cell therapy is in comparison to the PRP therapy alone. Um, PRP therapy is great. So is stem cells. But the thing is, uh, for something like what we do here at Health Gains, um, PRP therapy is done in-house. It's done. Um, it's an outpatient procedure. Like I said, about 30 minutes, no more than an hour. And once the patient is complete, there's like uh, no recovery time, meaning that once they leave my office, they go straight back to work. They can go back um, to gauge, engage in regular uh, daily activities. Whereas if you're doing a stem cell procedure, it's a sterile procedure, you know, there has to be more calming and um, a more invasive style procedure. So it takes more time and you, you know, you can't just get up and go like you can with the PRP. So that's the biggest difference, but very good therapy as well. Gotcha. That makes sense. I've heard that one more referenced in like more severe cases or um, like athletes trying to recover very quickly, but it does seem much more of like a surgical procedure versus an in-office type thing. Correct, because the harvesting for the stem cells, it, it, it's not from, it's not just directly from the blood. It's more so from the bone marrow or um, even adipose tissue. So again, that requires different equipment, a lot of um, invasive um, procedures trying to get to the actual stem cells and then harvesting it. So definitely very, very strong, works very well for leukemias and definitely, like you said, um, in athletic procedures, but again, more invasive and depending on if the patient doesn't have time for that, this is definitely an alternative and a very ineffective alternative for them to use. Yeah, it definitely seems like that wouldn't be a first-line therapy to try because it's so much more invasive. And for my reading, so it, it seems like there are growth factors in platelet-rich plasma that help stimulate cell replication and proliferation of myoblast and vascular endothelial growth, like insulin growth factors one, which I know that was a lot of big words that you can probably explain better than I can. But basically, they help repair skeletal and muscle structures as well. Is that right? 
you you got it. You said it. You hit it on the money when I read when I read that from you. I was like, wow, she she really is um, doing her research, and you are hitting all the words. And all all that breaks down to is um, muscle tissue, uh, vasculature, and uh, vascular endothelial growth is just saying blood vessels. So you're helping promoting blood vessels, and then the insulin-like growth factor is think of it as um, what we we like to call it the growth hormone levels, meaning everything that you need to help regenerate and renew old old cells that are in your body and to kind of make them healthier, give them, um, give the, the tissue a healthier environment. So you, again, you said it, you said it correctly, but that's just more so the breakdown of what, what it is exactly that the PRP is going to, um, stimulate what kind of reaction it's going to stimulate to, um, happen in the body. Okay. And I love that. I love that basically the idea is it's helping the body do its own job better. It's not like you're injecting a foreign substance. So that was my my main point in that. I just love that like basically you're just supporting the body in a very specific way. So you mentioned a couple in passing, but let's go a little bit deeper on some of the applications of platelet-rich plasma therapy. I know that I've seen it in, like I mentioned, joints or skin or facelifts even. So can you kind of walk us through all the ways that medicine's using it currently? All right. Well, currently, from and you would be surprised, but right now, currently, it's joints. It is in the hair, actually. Um, face, soft tissue spaces, such as um, the vagina and the penis. And definitely, recently, I've actually seen some articles that included uh, for breast augmentation and even reduction or neck lifts. So it's 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 amazing the things that they're coming out with and the um, the mechanisms that they're able to use, the platelets. There's different forms of platelet-rich plasma, and I only say that to say that. Remember when I said in the beginning, there's a centrifuge that separates the red blood cells from the uh, platelet-rich plasma. But within that platelet-rich plasma, as you after you centrifuge it, there is a layer of that plasma that's known as platelet-poor plasma. But what, what we're talking about now, even with that platelet-poor plasma, it has a high amount of something known as fibrinogen, which helps decrease the use of electrocautery, which they use a lot in surgeries when you're having, um, let's say, a breast breast implant or breast augmentation. So that PPP, platelet-poor plasma, is actually being used in that respect because of its um, high amounts of fibrinogen, which helps speed up healing in, in oral and even dental surgeries. Just It's, it's just amazing just um, the realms that PRP, along with, with its own substance of PPP, can be used in, in the body to help heal it and help, um, help it recover. So the current issues is that we lack standard uh, standardized control studies to help us assess the full efficacy in all the areas for PRP use, but it can literally be used anywhere in the body, literally from head to toe. <laughs> so it's it's pretty it's pretty great. That's so cool. And my first exposure to it was actually from one of my good friends who's a dentist. And he was a pretty recently graduated dentist who had seen a lot of the cutting edge research. And he would actually draw blood when he had to pull teeth and do like wisdom teeth, impacted teeth, things that were more invasive. He would spin the blood and use that the fibrin or the platelet rich fibrin, I think it's called, and pack it into the tooth so that it would heal and he never had dry sockets or any of the problems that people have. So that kind of like got my antenna up like, whoa, what is this and how does this work? And it's your own body. Like you said, it's your own body doing what it's what it's known to do, but at a better pace and with stronger cells and stronger signaling cells to help tell the body. It's talking to your brain and telling your brain, hey, there's a major trauma that's happening when actually all you're doing is causing that trauma so that the body can respond in a way that is very healing and um, very protective for you. So I, I think it's great. Yeah, I think that's what I love about it is because even with supplements, even if they're natural, you're still putting something foreign to the body in the body. Whereas this, you're actually just 
kind of concentrating something the body already has and using it in a different way. So I'd love to go through a little bit more specifics on some of the different uses. So you mentioned in the hair. So how can it work for improving hair growth? I know that's a big issue for a lot of men as they age and even women post having children can sometimes struggle with that or with thyroid problems. So how are you guys using PRP for hair growth? All right. So here in Health Gains, anytime patients complain um, of hair growth issues, or like you said, if it's a woman going through menopause or even a man who has male pattern baldness, the PRP, once you extract it and once you're um, ready to place it back into the tissue or back into the body, um, what it does is that uh, it proliferates at the um, at the epidermis and it helps increase um, something known as keratinocytes, which is just a a hair follicle site, and what it once inside the um, inside the scalp, it releases growth factors that stimulates the development of new hair follicles and promotes new uh, blood vessels, or what's known as neovascularization. And just just so that people are aware for the hair growth, I would always tell patients here at Health Gains that you need at least three treatments. And the reason why I say that is because on average, a full hair cycle is around eight weeks. So therefore, it's most beneficial that you get these treatments at least a month apart if you're going to do them and then continue it for three months total. Um, alongside the hair, uh, the hair PRP being placed uh, back into the scalp, uh, I always perform, um, when, here when we're working at Health Gains, I always perform something known as microneedling. And what that helps is um, to prolong a phase in the uh, hair cycle known as antigen phase, which increases hair follicle sizes through stimulating different channels and prostaglandins that are found in the scalp. Of course, again, like I always keep saying with PRP overall in the medical in the medical world, we always need more extensive controlled studies. But let me tell you, in the office here at Health Gains, we have great response from, from women um, to men. And I do notice that women do respond a little quicker uh, when it comes to the hair growth aspect um, than men, but uh, the men do respond over time. We always take a before picture um, to assess the hair growth and um, just follow them alone. The results can be seen as early as two months. And the full results, of course, evident as they as they continue um, through the therapy between three to four months. But it's, it's really, really nice and really awesome. Yeah. And I think that's an important point too, because you mentioned there's we're waiting on a lot more research. There is research supporting this, certainly, but it would be great to have more research to draw from. But at the same time, since you're talking about a like non-invasive therapy from the body that has no risk of rejection or like allergy or any of these problems with so many other treatments, there's really strong anecdotal benefit that you guys are seeing and testing in patients. The most uh, the most uh, concerning things to the people is uh, post treatment is uh, can I can I go outside and I tell them of course you can go outside but just probably for the next few hours stay inside so that you're not exposing the hair to extra heat and um, just wear a hat when you leave here um, for that time being but it's it's again something that doesn't require you to stay out of work you don't you know you don't lose any time you don't lose any you're, you're you don't lose any um, activity anything you're you're fine to continue doing your your daily your daily duties. Yeah, exactly. And okay, so another, I get emails pretty often, actually surprisingly often, at least a few times a month, that go something along the lines of, I don't want to use Botox because I know it's got some problems, but I like, I don't like my wrinkles. And I've read about something called a vampire facelift. And some celebrities have apparently used this and it's kind of popularized it. Um, So I get so many questions like, is it safe? Is it natural? Does it work? So can you address that one for us too? 
Yeah, so for the PRP, what we're calling it, you said it, I think is the vampire facelift. Um, the Kardashians, Kim Kardashian's a big one, Tiger Woods, Angelina Jolie, everyone's been praising it and everyone's been using it um, on, in, in the popular world or the celebrity world. Um, but the study, the the PRP for face or vampire faces has been, I think I want to say it started back in the 2000s. And what it does in the skin, like it does anywhere else in the body, is it helps wherever it, whatever, wherever you're placing the PRP, it helps those tissues um, specifically to that region. So if we're doing a vampire facelift, when we complete one here at Health Gains, it helps boost the collagen. It helps reduce fine lines. And it's it just, let's say a patient has um, severe acne scars or severe, um, what's another big one that I see sometimes with women uh, postmenopausal or even right after childbirth is something called melasma. Kind of helps uh, decrease the appearance of those um, different um different features that, that can occur in the face. Same thing that it did in the hair is the same thing it does here. Proliferation, helping to increase angiogenesis and just neurovascularization. So, it, and you'll notice that again, it takes time, I would say for the face. It can take um, anywhere from three to four months for them to get real full results where some of them tell me, wow, Vanessa, I don't even need to wear makeup anymore. I mean, my skin's glowing because uh, they just, they noticed that the decrease in the appearance of their scarring or just an increase in the collagen or the youthfulness in their in their skin. So sometimes what I also do here at Health Gains uh, for the patients that want more so of something like of immediate results, I'll give them, I'll mix the PRP with filler. The reason why you can do that sometimes is because of the filler is hyaluronic acid, which is actually a substance that's found within us anyways, um, which is uh, it has affinity to water. So therefore, it helps restore volume loss and also can address the aging concerns while the PRP is working on the deeper layer of promoting your body to do it on its own. So they can get an instant fix along with long, long-term lasting effects of the PRP. And it's, it's not always necessary, but some patients want that. PRP alone will give them that over time, but it's always something that I I, prov- um, I give them an option to complete. Got it. And it definitely seems less invasive than a regular facelift or even than like Botox or any of the more common health treatments. I loved it. It's an alternative. Right. And the way it's completed, is it's, uh, there's different there's different ways that you can have it completed. Same thing that I do with the hair. After the PRP, you can also microneedle the face as well so that they get a complete seal um, with the tissue, uh, with the with the PRP on the outside as well. So it's, it's, like you said, really not invasive. Again, avoid the sun and the results can last. I only maybe see these patients here at Health Gains maybe once or twice a year for a vampire facelift. Um, and they're very happy normally. Nice. So now I'd love to talk joints because this is what I've seen the most data on in my research and also that I've tried personally. Um, I saw a study that actually compared PRP therapy and stem cell therapy to ACL surgery, and they were seeing similar rates of recovery, which ACL is one of those that's for a long time, it's just been assumed you had to have surgery. So they're using this on joint issues. I personally had it um, in my Achilles after I had a like a low-level Achilles injury and it completely fixed it. But I'm curious what ways you guys are using this with joint problems. So I'm glad you brought that up. When when I saw that question, I was like, well, won't Katie be happy to hear that I personally don't do all joints. I, right now, I mainly do knees, but my goal is, and uh, pro- hopefully within the next few months, is to get certified in um, doing PRP in the joints. Because again, like I stated earlier, 
PRP is great everywhere. And again, the most literature is covered, uh, is covering um, joint issues. So I want to, I want to delve into that a little bit more. Um, but, but what I have seen when, when I do, let's say, do a treatment or PRP treatment on the knees is that uh, it's completed with injury or tears, like you've mentioned, various degrees. And some patients are able to avoid surgery completely when they have the PRP treatment done. Um, so sports-related injuries like jumpers' knees, the patellar, the patellar tendon or t- tennis elbows, all of them have had accelerated um, healing with the PRP. And so treating when you're treating sports injuries, PRP also helps repairs different um, different tissues such as chondrocytes, synovial sites, and other um, things that can also help your own stem cells come to the area quicker to help with the healing. So. Again, it's coming soon here so that we can actually, so I can actually provide it to patients here at Health Gains because that's our, our population, um, whether it be men or women, do have chronic, uh, let's say, degenerative osteoarthritis or different kind of um, pains that they want relief. And I know that the PRP could give them that relief. We just need to hurry up and get there and provide that care for them. Yeah, I know. I found it frustrating that most doctors don't really seem very much on board with this yet, or they don't know probably a lot of the research. Um, it seems like something a lot of patients are requesting for different uses, but not necessarily that is widespread. Do you think in the future, hopefully this will become a more widespread treatment that more doctors are familiar with? Oh, yes, absolutely. Because again, the downtime is less. Um, it's, it's less risk for infection. Of course, you're dealing with joints and um, you, you might be dealing with some bones. But I, I mean, when it's completed, when I do knees or when I've seen uh, shoulders completed or even elbows or hips, I mean, the patients do get reliefs. And again, like I want to say, a good majority of them can either avoid surgery completely or delay the onset for them to need to go to surgery where they'll be out of work and they'll be out of commission for for months, maybe even up to years, depending on their age and depending on how quickly their body can recover. So I think it's gonna be it's gonna be something to look forward to in the future. PRP um, PRP for the joints in in house and in offices. That will be great to see. This podcast is brought to you by Nutrition Genome. This is the most comprehensive genetic analysis on the market. They cover 85 plus clinically relevant genes across all of the major biochemical pathways. And what that means is they're testing all the important things that can actually make an epigenetic difference for you. The test also includes a 50 plus page report that really goes in depth and gives feedback on your personal gene function and how to enhance your own gene expression. The analysis also provides foods that are best to emphasize and minimize, talks about toxins you're more likely to be sensitive to, your genetic stress response, and even recommended blood work to optimize your genetic blueprint for long-lasting health and longevity. This testing doesn't have the privacy concerns that some of the other popular genetic tests have, and we just did this with all of our children. The results have been really helpful for customizing their diets and supplements, and basically for our whole family. I kind of took everybody's results and find found the common denominators of food and we start there now with our shopping list each week you can check it out and learn more and get the test at wellnessmama.com forward slash go forward slash nutrition dash genome that will also be in the podcast show notes at wellnessmama.fm for this episode but one more time that's wellnessmama.com forward slash go forward slash nutrition dash genome g-e-n-o-m-e This podcast is brought to you by Plant Therapy. I'm often asked where I get my essential oils, and Plant Therapy is my go-to place these days. They offer many certified organic essential oils, including many kid-safe blends at really affordable prices. I also love that they offer bigger sizes of many oils, 
so I can order our favorites in 100 milliliter bottles and they last longer and then I throw fewer bottles in the recycling each month. Many of you also know that not all essential oils are safe to use on babies and small children and that certain dilution ratios should always be followed. Plant Therapy takes the research and guesswork out of this since they work with Robert Tisserand, who is the author of Essential Oil Safety, to make sure that all of their KidSafe oils are truly safe for kids. They are offering a 10% discount to Wellness Mama listeners, and you can grab the discount by using the code WELLNESS10, all one word, WELLNESS10, at wellnessmama.com forward slash go forward slash PT. That's wellnessmama.com forward slash go forward slash PT for plant therapy. Now I really want to delve into a little bit less known use for platelet-rich plasma, which is in sexual health. And you touched on it a little bit, um, but I know this is an area of research for you and one that you're very passionate about yourself, um, just seeing all the advances in medicine here. And you have been using PRP therapy as a natural alternative to um, different medications and to different sexual health problems. So can you kind of explain um, within the sexual health realm how it's being used and how it works? So for all the... For all the same reason listed before, PRP works well in soft tissue injuries, meaning um, ED, like uh, erectile dysfunction, or even for females, female sexual dysfunction, which is even less known than um, erectile dysfunction. It works because ED and um, sometimes majority of the female sexual dysfunction is something that is related to a blood flow issue. So PRP helps stimulate the tissue's growth and blood vessels within the penis or the vagina, which may help increase the sensation, the lubrication for uh, for, for women, and the quality of their um, the quality of their response during sexual performance, which is always uh, which is always something that in a relationship, man or woman, if I'm treating a wife. Uh, after I treat her, sometimes it may be the husband that still has the issue. And that's when the conversation opens up for me to tell her, listen, you're here, you need to bring him in or, or vice versa. You're here, you need to bring her in so that they can be treated so that you guys can have an even, an even closer bond. So women notice um, notice a clinically uh, better sexual function overall when they have the PRP treatment, but men do respond as well. They may take a little longer but uh, they do respond. And the results, of course, they vary depending on each individual's uh, medical history, uh, surgical history, or whatever may be going on. Like uh, I think you mentioned earlier, menopause plays a big part of it for women um, sexual health-wise. And so when you're having the pl- uh, platelet-rich plasma introduced um, into the vagina, vagina and into that space, they respond, the women respond well over time, same as men. But it, it's a it's a very interesting and it is a very passionate thing for me because uh, when I came when I first came here to health gains it was uh, a lot of focus on just men and so I was like well what about the women I mean most likely these men are trying to become a lot healthier and a lot sexually healthier for a purpose and the purpose is to engage in sexual activity whether it be with their wives their girl their girlfriends or whoever so we need we have to address her as well. That makes sense. So I want to like kind of split it up and talk a little bit more about the guys and then also talk more about the women. But um, it seems like at least from the emails I'm getting from people in my age group or people I assumed would be too young to kind of experience this, that a lot of men are struggling with erectile dysfunction in different phases and different stages. So can you kind of, are you seeing a rise in this as well? And what do you think some of the reasons are that we're seeing this across the board? Uh, are you talking about a rise in uh, erectile dysfunction? Yeah, it seems like, at least from the emails I'm getting, that it, it appears to be on the rise. Or maybe people are just talking about it more. I don't know. 
right that you said it. It's both of them. People are talking about it more because let me tell you, the age groups, uh, originally when I came on board here at Health Gains, it was a lot older. But because now people are talking about it as young as their 30s, even late 20s, they're realizing that, man, they, they have noticed a decrease in their erectile function or they have noticed um, in decrease on how long they can last. That now with there being um, other treatment options other than a penile implant or just taking a Viagra Cialis, now that they're seeing this non-invasive treatment of, um, well, not non-invasive, but minimal invasive treatment that can be completed with PRP mixed with something um, else for men or women uh, known as sound wave therapy, or for women, it's known as FemiWave. It just opens the door for this topic, which needs to be open because it's a, it's a, it's a big deal. And I think the issue is as we age, aging is a big problem because as you age, arthrosclerosis develops in the arteries, it kills them off or it clogs them up. And therefore, if you're clogging up, like I said earlier, erectile dysfunction or any issues in the vagina is all related to blood flow. So if you have, think of it as a clogged pipe, if you have clogged, if you have something clogged, you're not going to have much blood flow. So we need to clean that out and you need to um, make better tissue and promote growth or proliferation of new blood vessels so that there is better blood flow into that tissue so that you can respond better. That makes sense. And I think it's easy to think of that um, just as kind of being in the, the sexual realm. But I've read a lot of data on how um, like erectile health is tied to like heart health. It's kind of indicative of other problems in the body. So when people start seeing a decline, there's something to pay attention to. Like you definitely want to address it because it it really um, it can be a telltale sign. I know there's a higher risk of, for instance, like cardiovascular problems. It's not even a higher risk, Katie. Um, cardiovascular disease is the number one disease for both men and women. And so you just hit it on the head with ED and not just ED alone. We're seeing it with ED because for men, that's that's one of the um, that's one of the main things that will get them to uh, ED will get them to go to the hospital and then go see a specialist, which is usually the urologist. And when the urologist can't answer it and they start Googling or looking online, they'll find they'll find uh, anti-age clinics like ourselves who provide these um, alternative therapies that will either help them get better erections or improve circulations in the penis so that they don't have to go um, for um, more invasive procedures like a prosthetic or, or things like that. But it, it, it's very much uh, related to heart health, heart health and just health overall. So as, as, as you see our society today, it's, it's high, high fast foods, um, unhealthy foods that are just kind of killing our, our cells on the inside and not really protecting us long term. And so as you get older, you, you, you feel the effects of the damage that we're causing, whether it be sexually or just overall physically. Yeah, exactly. And it seems like the kind of first line treatments that are often recommended are things like Viagra or Cialis, which aren't addressing those underlying like inflammation or um, like blood vessel issues. Whereas like the sound therapy, from what I understand, does actually because it's like moving blood flow in the body. Same with platelet-rich plasma. It's causing the body to create that reaction itself versus just like kind of artificially addressing the problem. But are there other problems? Um, I know like I've read some pretty dire warnings related to things like Viagra and Cialis. Are there other things people need to be cautious of there? Let me put it this way. I wouldn't say uh, long-term issues. Uh, Viagra Cialis actually is being um, FDA approved to help treat with uh, benign prostate uh, enlargement. So that's actually a good thing. But the thing is that uh, both of them can have um, very unwanted side effects, whether it be flushing, heavy headaches, or um, eventually not working anymore. Because like you stated, it's not it's not touching on what's actually causing the problem. It's kind of just a Band-Aid. You're kind of giving it a Band-Aid. You're, you're using that pill for that moment in time, for, for that sexual interaction. And then once, uh, once the pill wears off, 
you're still left with that with that erectile dysfunction and you're still left with the problem only getting worse to where the to to where um to a certain point where the pill no longer works and that's what we get a lot of i see that a lot here at health gains that we'll get these patients either we'll get them off the medications and they'll just increase um they'll just increase their blood flow and their their own um ed is decreased on their own or we'll get the patients that were taking multiple uh, medications to help sustain uh, an erection, and we'll get them down to maybe once or twice, um, or I'm sorry, half the frequency of what they're using um, before they before they came to the office. That's awesome. And so I'd love to now delve into the, the women's side. And so full disclosure here, um, I've actually tried this treatment with you because as a lot of listeners know, I have six children and that's included. I have had the hospital birth with the episiotomies and the scar tissue that comes with that. And I've had um, a C-section. I have one C-section. And then my last two were breach home births, including my last daughter who came out um, with her like legs Indian style and definitely caused some like pelvic pain for a while for me. So um, I was really curious about trying that treatment to see since it is so much more natural and uses the body's own basically the own substances from the body and is doesn't have the downtime so I was really curious to try it so I can talk about my experience as well um, but you mentioned in passing that it can be used the femi wave and the shot can be used for incontinence and pelvic floor problems and I get a lot of emails from women who experience these especially post childbirth so can you talk about the kind of the ways you're using that and the results you're seeing in your clinic I mean the the results here at Health Gains have been really good, Katie. Um, even from your speaking to you briefly and just checking on you, making sure how you're doing over time. I know you told me that things have gotten a little better, um, but here at the office, um, I haven't stated it, but I'm going to state it now. Anytime here at Health Gains that we perform any kind of PRP on women. I always combine, or the old shot, when we do the old shot on women, I always combine my old shots for women with something, uh, with the with the Femi Wave, which is the sound wave therapy. And the reason why we do it in that sense is, like I stated earlier, the sound wave is helping clean out those blood vessels. It's actually helping promote, um, it's causing a microtrauma within the tissues, which is promoting aggravation in the cell, and which is what you want. Think of it as though you're working out. And I explain this, I explain it like this to men, but I do do it for women as well. Think of it as working out, you're causing microtrauma in your muscles. You're causing those little micro tears. And what happens when you tear a muscle down? It builds up because it's getting stronger. So same thing in the vaginal space or even the, um, the penis. You want to tear the, you want to stress the, the tissue out so that at that point, it, there's havoc. The brain thinks that there is a major injury, there is a major problem, and it's going to need repair. So not only is your body going to start repairing on its own, when you add that, when you introduce that PRP into the tissue, you have a better, you have a better um, combination and a better um, potential for your body to repair quicker. And so that's that's why I do it that way. That's why I think it's the it's the best mix for my patients, and I've seen great results for my women because, uh, like I stated earlier, female sexual dysfunction is so underrated. It's uh they they <laughs> the last study that's been completed on female sexual dysfunction it can date back to I want to say 1999. So that's how unknown it is. Yes, there's other studies that are out there right now, but all of them, the the end result or the conclusion always states we need more data. We need more standardized data. And of course, it's, I, I want to say it's because women are a lot more complex than men, <laughs> which is very true. But um, it's just 
we we have to we have to find a way and we have to find a standardized way to um, rate female sexual dysfunction so that we can address it. But here, health gains when I when I address it, normally um, the patients notice better sensation. They they notice um, longer lasting orgasms, better lubrication, and just better tissue elasticity overall. And you mentioned a big one, which is my patients that come in post-children or just had children and are just getting older. The tissue changes. Um, there's something known as stress incontinence where there's a little um, urine leakage or if they're working out or exercising or running really hard, there, there's some urine that comes out. It's been known to help with that. The PRP along with the sound wave therapy has been known to help um, decrease decrease the um, need for them to over-exercise with the Kegels, which is well known for OBGYNs to tell the patient, well, work on your Kegels to help, you know, strengthen the, the bladder sphincter. But that's not, that's not enough. It's not that it's a Band-Aid. I do recommend that as well, but it's not, it's not enough for the tissue to, to regenerate or to get restored. And there's also other things like um, drugs. The women can take like anticholinergics that will help them with the urinary incontinence. And that too still isn't enough. That's more like a Band-Aid. So the PRP mixed with, um, the Femi wave that we do here at Health Gains has been great for a lot of my female patients, and it's made them. It's actually saved some of them from wearing um, <laughs> wearing what they say is their diapers. It's gotten them out of their diapers and either to a liner for comfort with no leakage, but they they're so used to having to wear that that now they're down to a liner, but they're happy that there's no leakage at all, and they're happy that sexually um, their sexual their sexual activity has changed and has improved because of the treatment. Yeah, and I think I think you're right. I think you touched on something important, which is that this is less talked about. I feel like women are not, um, they're more likely to just ignore these kind of problems or just live with them. I think maybe for men, they're more willing to talk about it, at least with their doctors. And for women, it's just easy to, especially once you're a mom, just ignore it or assume it'll eventually get better or that it won't and you're fine with that. Right, because you blame it as a woman, you blame it on age and you say, oh, I'm in menopause or you just think that it's it's supposed to change after you have children. And no, it's not that it's supposed, it, it may change, but it shouldn't be unpleasant and it shouldn't be that I have patients that come in and tell me um, when I ask them, I, there's a questionnaire I have women complete for the for the platelet-rich plasma therapy or um, mixed with my sound wave. When I have them come, when they come in, I have them complete a, a questionnaire just to kind of gauge what kind of treatment um, options I want to give them. And when they tell me they've have never had an orgasm, but they've been married 10 years, it's like, I don't, it doesn't add up to me. We, there, there's a problem there, you know, because it's either they've lost sensation, um, they've lost sensation in the vaginal area, or um, there's just no pleasure involved in them for them anymore. And that's, I think that's very sad. So it's, again, very passionate thing for me to help rebuild that and, and get them get them feeling better so that they they not only um, are sexually healthier, they're just healthier overall mentally. Uh, it's a lot of therapy that's being done with these treatments overall. And I'm talking about mental therapy just to help the women know that there is another way. There's other options. Yeah. And I think it's important to raise awareness too, because before um, I found you guys, I know w- women who have done the, I think it's called pelvic floor mesh, and it, those tend to have a lot of problems. There's so many lawsuits with those right now. And that was a much more like common, but way more invasive and way more problematic method that some people would turn to. Yeah. 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 I've, I want to say so far, luckily, I've only had one woman 
who um, had her mesh removed and I've been able to treat her, help her out with um, PRP along with the shockwave therapy. But again, her case is more of a severe case where normally uh, for treatment for um, the OSHA, you, you can wait months before you have to come back, come back again. But with her, she's someone that I, I want to see more frequently and watch her a lot closer just to make sure, one, that she's responding well. And, and she knows it's going to take a lot more time because once you have that mesh removed and you, you have to kind of work against adhesions and scar tissue and things like that. It's, it's going to be a, a lot, um, a lot longer healing process, but it's definitely, um, not definitely, but it's definitely possible for her to um, have repair. And what is the long-term, um, what does the long-term look like outcome for these, both of these for men and for women? So I'm assuming like, it's kind of something that you do for a while until you see the recovery, but is it something that has to be done for the rest of your life? Or is there like a treatment period that works and then you can typically like go back to normal activity and move on? I'm just going to ask for clarity. Do you mean as far as the PRP? Um, yeah, both the PRP and then in combination with the sound wave therapy as well. Okay. So uh, the way I always answer this for my patients, and I'm going to answer it now, is that it's not something that you have to do forever. But think of it this way, Katie, aren't we going to get older? So things are going to have to die. Things are going to get clogged up. Don't you want to maintain it? Don't you want to make sure you stay healthy? Because again, here in Health Gains, we're getting patients now that there's nothing wrong with them, men or women. Nothing is wrong with them. But because they know that this is just the body healing itself, they come get treatment once or twice a year. They're coming up for what they like to call a touch-up or what I like to call maintenance, maintaining your health. So no, there's no... There's no long-term, yes, you have to do it every, no, it, it, that doesn't, that's not how it works. But is it, would my recommendation be that? Would my recommendation be come see us every three, four months for maintenance? Think of it like a car. What do you do to your car every few months? You get it checked out. You get it, um, you, you make sure everything's running well. Your oils are checked. Your tires are, you're working well. So before there's an issue, get it checked out and make sure you're, you're maintaining your health. So I think that's always the ideal ways for anything in life is to have a maintenance plan so that you maintain your health so that you don't run into the issues where what I see is that it's been tw 10, 20 years that you've had ED issues or 10, 20 years postmenopausal and now you want to fix in, in, um, in a week or in a month. That's not, it's not going to work very well for you. You have to be patient with yourself and know that it's gonna, the journey is going to be a little longer. But if you're younger, if you're just hitting menopause and you jump on it and you get on top of your health and get on top of the therapy, then your maintenance or your um, time frame for multiple treatments is a lot lower. It may not, may not even be needed as frequently. Like I said, some patients only come in once or twice a year just, again, to maintain their health. That makes perfect sense. So, and I'll make sure you've mentioned um, the different treatment options. I'll make sure those are linked in the show notes at wellnesswoman.fm. And they're also available, obviously, through you guys at Health Gains. Um, but I'll make sure the links are there for everybody to find it. Any parting words or advice for someone who maybe like resonated with some of these points and is wondering like if they should try it, but maybe they're a little nervous? If they're nervous, of course, just give the office, give our office a call. If you want to speak to um, any of the medical professional, don't be shy. If it's something that maybe you don't want to speak, you, you can always email, whether it be you and you send it over to us, Katie. Um, just, just know that we're here to help. At least I know I'm here to help. Again, it's a passion of mine for men and women. Uh, a lot closer for me at heart for women because I, I know I've seen it not only clinically, but personally in families where it's something you don't talk about in, in my in my being raised Caribbean. So a lot of island, they don't talk about this. They're it like like you said earlier. It's it's nope, this is how it's supposed to be, or I'm getting older, or this is it's just 
what it is. Um, no, it's not. I just want to let the women know, especially that there is a there's an alternative. There is other options. And once the women get well, they bring in their husband and vi- like I said, vice versa. Sometimes I get the men first because, again, it's something that if there's something wrong down there, they're going to want to get a check a lot sooner than later. Awesome. Well, Vanessa, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being a voice in getting this information out there and for women who are struggling with this. I appreciate it. I know you're super busy and I really appreciate you being here today. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Oh, likewise. And thanks to all of you for listening. And I hope to hear you or see you next time on the Healthy Moms podcast. If you're enjoying these interviews, would you please take two minutes to leave a rating or review on iTunes for me? Doing this helps more people to find the podcast, which means even more moms and families can benefit from the information. I really appreciate your time and thanks as always for listening.